Yo, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 19th of April 2022. What's going on? I hope you're okay. I hope uh, the, I hope you're inside in the rain. If you're in Melbourne, man, what a beautiful morning. I mean, it's two, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I feel like I've had a real slow one. I was out late last night, which was nice. Oh, I feel like I'm getting, man, The you know, like the last few weeks I've just been Tom, oh man, I'm like, I'm up, I'm down, I'm fucking whatever. I feel like I'm leveling out. It's good. The festival has been so fucking up and down, man. But um, one week left, you know, I'm getting happier with the show. I'm writing new stuff. I'm putting new bits in the show, which feels good. This is the first time I've ever had a show. And been doing a show, I think, that's like, you know, people are paying to see, where I'm like, you know what, I've got some new stuff to say, to put in there, and I feel okay with that. And I know I can still put on a good show with like a few bits that are newer or whatever. I feel more confident in myself. And people are enjoying it. It's been great. Thank you if you've come out to the show. Let me have a little sip of tea here. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Everything's going to be okay. I was just watching um, Sam Morrill's Full Capacity on YouTube just then for 10 minutes, just like procrastinating because I didn't want to start the podcast. It just started raining heavier. I went to the shops before. I took my umbrella. Went and got some fucking... Oh man, the other week I or the other day I I like I just feel like I've been real like not on top of my shit in my life, you know? Like I you know when your toothpaste is running out, you've got like a week, maybe even two weeks from when you notice your toothpaste is starting to run out to like Oi. Oh, that's actually a good premise for a bit maybe. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Like you know, it's, you've got a big tube of toothpaste and you fucking, it's all good. And then just towards the end, you're like, oh, that's going to run out soon. And then you make that last bit last for like two weeks. And so that's the period when you're like, I can go and get a new tube of toothpaste here. But it just is like a, you know, it's like a fucking, uh, it's a task and you don't want to do it. And then it always happens on the last, uh, man, I made that last little bit. I was like, this is the last one. I had that moment like three times. So this actually is very well-worn comedy territory and I'm realizing that this is not a good premise for a bit. But I got, dude, I was fucking, and then it ran out on Easter weekend. Happy Easter, by the way, everyone. How did you celebrate dead Jesus and then alive Jesus? I went to my Jewish friend, Michael Schaefer's house. <laughs> I went there with a fucking flashlight and some gaffer tape, tied him to a chair and went, where the fuck is he? What did you fucking do to him? Is that, that's anti-Semitic. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> you can't make jokes like that, can you? Or maybe I can because my friend is Jewish. I went to my friend Michael Schaefer's house and had a lovely um, lunch that him and his partner cooked for us. Lamb, uh, chicken, a bunch of salad. It was so nice. Some friends, just like a bunch of comics there. 
you know, sat out in the in the uh, in the little yard. Um, ah, just an absolutely delightful day. But my toothpaste ran out on Easter weekend, and Easter weekend is like the one that and Christmas. People take Easter way more seriously as in terms of a public holiday than they take Christmas. Shit's still open on Christmas, hey? Fucking nothing was open on... E- I tried to go to fucking the supermarket and it wasn't open on Good Friday. What the fuck? Who the fuck gives a fuck about Good Friday? Do you know what I mean? I always forget Good Friday. People are like, what'd you do for Easter? Did you see your family? I was like, no. What? I don't even. I like my family. I'm not seeing them on Easter. What the fuck is Easter? It's like a children's holiday, and I'm a man. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't see. Why am I talking like this? Why am I feeling? Well, what are I? I don't even see my kid for Easter. My family. I don't know why I was talking like that. Feeling defensive, but I just didn't. It's not a big holiday for me. I even. I forget when it is until it's the week before. But then I tried to go, so my toothpaste ran out. My toothpaste, for sure, like 100% dead, gone, ran out on the Thursday night. And I was like, I should have got it today, but I'll do it tomorrow. And I woke up on Good Friday and I went and I was like, oh, I'll go get some prosciutto and some cheese and a bread roll. And the market was open, but it was just the green grocer. It wasn't the fucking small goods, you know, like the deli. So I couldn't get my prosciutto and cheese and there was no bread places. And then I was like, oh, I'll be able to get it at Woolies. And I went to Woolies and they were shut at fucking like two o'clock. What the fuck is wrong with people? Why shut? Just work. Fuck you. Be open always. (laughs) For me. Because I didn't get my toothpaste on the fucking day when the shops were open. So just fucking be open on Easter. If you had the choice, if you had to choose to work Christmas or Easter, you work in Easter for sure. But I don't know. I just feel like more places are open on Christmas. Or actually, maybe I don't notice because I'm doing stuff with my family on Christmas because that's the day. Why do you need another one so close? It's only like three, four months. It's four months. Four months after. You really need to see your family after four months? <laughs> maybe I have a weird relationship with my family. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> what do you need to see your fucking family for? After four months, what do you get to say? What's happening in four months? Are you going to tell them? Oh, I got fucking, I got a haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, so I got, so I give the, the supermarkets were closed. So I couldn't get my sandwich shit. Also couldn't get toothpaste. So I went, and I'm just like, I don't want to go for a long walk. Like, I, you know, I just want it to be. Oh, sorry. I just want the shit to be near my house. And there's a servo, like an amp hole near my house. So I went there and they only had... Man, servos are such fucking scumbags, aren't they? Like they have all this stuff that you need, but they have the smallest version of all of it. So that you... And it's like way overpriced. <laughs> so it's like you're fulfilling the need to the minimum amount possible. I got the tiniest fucking toothpaste, not like the size that you would get in like an airplane, but like one that you would get like at a hotel, like just a bit bigger than the airplane one. And uh, it was like six bucks. (laughs) 
I walked in there and I was like, there's all the stuff and it's like next to the condoms and the fucking, there, uh, were there toothbrushes? I can't remember. I, I don't even think there were toothbrushes and there was like Listerine and cold tablets and stuff. Um, And yeah, there was one thing of toothpaste and it was like so, like as long, maybe like as long as my, like my index finger, you know? And, uh, six bucks and I was just like you motherfuckers but they know I paid I paid because I didn't get my shit together on Thursday and go out and buy new toothpaste because what was I doing on Thursday fucking tugging my dick wasn't I what was I doing what was I doing on Thursday I was doing just my show I think I just went home early on Thursday night I think I went home early and I played Civilization I reckon that's what I did what a fucking loser. Man, my mate just sent me a song by Randy Newman. Is it Randy Newman? Called, yeah, Randy Newman called uh, Short People. <laughs> and the lyrics, wait, let me find the lyrics for this song. He sent it to me the other day. You know, you fucking someone sends you a song and you're like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this now because it's like even a song is a task. Randy Newman, short people lyrics. All right, here we go. Randy Newman, short people lyrics on Lyrics Genius. Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason to live. (laughs) That's the opening. That's the chorus. And then he's got, I can't even remember the tune. He goes, they got little hands, little eyes. They walk around telling great big lies. (laughs) So my mate sent me this because I'm short. And now it's like, hey, short people, kill yourself. (laughs) They walk around telling great big lies. This is the opening song to Randy Newman's album, Little criminals. <laughs> oh my god! There's the next two lines of the verse. They got little noses, tiny little teeth. They wear platform shoes on their nasty little feet. <laughs> Fuck! And it's real catchy. It's a nice song. I lo- I fucking I really like it. And then I think it turns. Let's get the rest of the lyrics. Next chorus, well, I don't want no short people, don't want no short people, don't want no short people round here. And then we're off to the bridge. Short people are just the same as you and I, a fool such as I. All men are brothers until the day they die. It's a wonderful world. Short people got nobody. Short people got nobody. Short people got nobody to love. All right, now he's turning it. First, he was like... Short people kill yourselves, you nasty little feet, big lies, you're all fucked, you know? No reason to live. Don't want no short people around here. But now, he's saying they got nobody to love. Maybe he's empathizing. You know, a friend of mine last week said to me, uh, we had like a little, uh, I don't know, I fucking said something that I shouldn't have, you know? I'm fucking, I'm a loudmouth dickhead, flapping me bloody gums. And, um, you know, my friend messaged me and we talked and it was fine. My friend fucking rocks. So, 
very understanding and was just like, I know you didn't mean to fucking hurt whatever, you know, you was just like, you just fucking, um, you, you, you showing, you came from a, pl- a place of concern. That's what my friend said. So I know you're a, a, a very caring person. That was really nice. And they said, then after we started laughing about it, cause we were just like, Oh my God, I'm such a fucking idiot. My friend was like, I always uh, try and live by the motto, uh, seek to understand first rather than to be understood. And uh, that's been in my head, man. I really like that, hey? It's like, because I do, I always want to tell a story about myself or tell people how I feel or what I'm thinking. And it's like... I'm doing that because I want people to understand me because I'm like, if you don't like me, it must just be because you're misunderstanding where I'm coming from. And sometimes I'm, you know, it's like if you don't understand why someone else, I'm assuming that the reason people, you know, are reacting poorly or whatever or in any conflict that you have, it's like if you're going, no, I mean this, I mean this, you're assuming that you know what they thought you meant. But actually, if you just listen to them, maybe they'll have a completely different reason. Um, but then you give up, you know, the control of the conversation and that's kind of scary to have someone tell you the thing and you got to listen to them. feels like it's easier to dictate the pace and the tempo of the conversation if you're the one talking. So it's kind of scary to listen, but you got to listen. My friend said that to me anyway, fuck, whatever. That's what Randy Newman is doing on this, isn't he? He's listening. He's talking about short people. He's saying fucking kill yourself, short people. You got nasty little footsies. And now he's got, but wait, they've actually, they've got no one to love. Here's the second verse. They got little baby legs. They stand so low. You got to pick them up just to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) This is the funniest, this is the funniest song of all time. This is, how is this not the greatest comedy song ever written? They got little cars that go beep, beep, beep. They got little voices going beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Do they have little cars or do they just have booster seats in our normal cars? They got grubby little fingers and dirty little minds. They're going to get you every time. Whoa. And then... Well, I don't want no short people, don't want no short people, don't want no short people around here. Oh, man. So he goes back to hating them. He doesn't turn. What's, uh, what's genius got, got to say about this? Piano opener, not unlike New York, New York. Short people got not wasting a word. The punchline jumps out at us off the bat. The point of satire is to invoke any reaction, good or bad, and Randy Newman does it best here. If one ignores the rest of the song, as most critics have, and looks deeper, he or she could hear, instead of short, small-minded, low intelligence, little common sense, etc., and the song would make perfect sense and would be lost to history. So what is, uh, what's, what's the deal with this song? Lost to history. Are people like... Oh, whoa. People are talking about this song in The Guardian. Now, as we all know, I love The Guardian. 
Oh, it's just a very, it's a very short. I'm going to read this review. Pop CD, Randy Newman, Harps and Angels, three stars, Rob Fitzpatrick, Friday the 1st of August 2008. This is Randy Newman's fourth studio album in 20 years. He is comfortably into his mid-60s and his soundtrack work, Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, Cars, more than pays his bills. So if he does release a record, it has to say something. For UK audience, about half of this does. Anyone who doesn't actually live for updates from Iowan caucuses can safely skip the whole ragtime politicking middle section. Wait, what? I don't understand. No, this doesn't. No, this is not about short people at all. Yeah, that's the wrong link. All right, I want to read this bit in Lyrics Genius. Let's see if we can fucking discover what this song's about. Uh, on the line, short people got no reason to live. The annotation is, whoever hears this line and happens to be short would have been offended by the premise presented. Probably a notion reinforced listening to the following verse. However, later lines set the record straight. Unfortunately, most of the critics never reached that far, allowing the protest to occur, even nurturing it. Reaction like those heard here shortly after the song came out. I didn't realise the misunderstanding of the song. This is, this is the quote that they've got from The Guardian that evidently links to the wrong article. I thought, all you got to do is listen. It's not like it's James Joyce. Then I realised the medium wasn't great for that. People don't listen to music like that where they're actually listening. They're doing all kinds of things. It's just an irritation. I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand what the person who's written these annotations is trying to say. Okay, here is an article in a newspaper from Wednesday, January 25th, 1978. The Boca Raton News. This is fucking cool, isn't it? We're finding this together. You, the listener, and me, the talker. The... um. The headline is Hit Song Short People Ignites Tall Controversy by Roberta G. Wax. Randy Newman's song Short People has fostered some tall controversy. Reactions pro and con are heightened by mocking lines such as short people got no reason to live because they got little baby legs that stand so low you got to pick them up just to say hello. (laughs) Short people is number two on the Billboard record charts. Newman's first big hit as a singer. Oh, wow. Is this Randy Newman's first fucking song? It's not as good as, You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. If you're sure, then fuck off, because I don't like you or your tiny little socks. Just get up off your ladder and get lost. Yeah, you got a friend in me. Because <laughs> they're always standing on ladders. Anyway, um, number two on the record charts, first big hit. Billy Barty, an actor and well-known small person who founded Little People of America, <clears throat> said the song doesn't bother him, but he thinks Newman goofed when he wrote it. Yes, it's satire, the three foot nine Barty said. His writing is weird anyway, but how many people would be disturbed because they didn't know it was satire? That's where the danger is. Newman, who comes from a musical family and has a degree from UCLA in musical composition, showed his satirical touch earlier in tunes such as Political Science, advocating bombing South America because they stole our name and sail away about the joys of slavery. 
The talk in music circles is that short people is an inside joke aimed at the powerful but pint-sized executives that abound in the record industry. Newman reached in New York, refused to comment. However, after performing the song on the Saturday Night Live television show, Newman said he has taken a lot of abuse and had little people throw eggs at me and I don't think I deserved it. <laughs> Imagine writing a song. <laughs> Imagine writing a song that made little people so angry. Imagine having a bunch of midgets come to your show and throw eggs at you. <laughs> And that's a big move for them because the eggs are so big, you know, like they bring in little egg catapults and stuff because they can't fucking fit their hands around. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like as big as his head. Um, I, I haven't commented on it until now, but I wanted to respond in some way and I just wanted to say all the people who are really offended and made a right... <laughs> to all the people who are really offended. And then <laughs> in the article in this newspaper from 1978, it's got in brackets and he made a raspberry noise. So I guess what he said is I haven't commented on it until now and I wanted to respond in some way and I just wanted to say to all the people who are really offended... <laughs> But they couldn't put that in the newspaper, so they put in brackets. And he made a raspberry noise. Fucking, this, is this, this is a great thread that we're on, isn't it? I'm fucking, I didn't, I didn't plan this at all, and this is really exciting. <coughs> Another industry insider said short people sprouted not long after Newman's backstage tiff with another singer far short of tall over deletion of a Newman number from a TV show. Composer singer Paul Williams at towering five foot two. Oh my God, sarcasm in the fucking Boca Raton news. <laughs> Who frequently makes short jokes about himself saying short people with Andy Williams in the pre-Super Bowl show. He said he likes the song, but when asked for a comment said shortly, it's too long. <laughs> Oh man, Roberta G. Wax, what a great writer. I said shortly, fucking shut up. Actor Jerry Martin, formerly of The Gong Show, said his wife, actress Elizabeth Barrington, both dislike, he and his wife, both dislike the song, although although Marin, Jerry Marin, four foot three is less vocal. It's a terrible song, Miss Barrington said. I'm four foot four and I love being small. Good things come in small packages. I'd much rather be four feet four than six feet four. I don't have to duck under doorways. I can sleep in any size bed. Oh, fuck. This is fucking awesome, isn't it? I'm looking for other stuff on the page, but... Um yeah, there's nothing else. Get the highest interest rates allowed by law at First Federal of Miami, whatever. Fucking look, that, I love this song. Thank you to my good mate for sending me that song. Just hours of joy. And have a listen to it. You know what? Maybe I'll put it at the end of this episode. Should I? I haven't put songs at the end for a while because I just can't be fucked. But you know what? This week, I'm going to. I'm going to put that. I'm going to get it off YouTube and chuck it at the end of this episode. Sure, people. <laughs> I can't remember the tune. Oh, so, yeah. Feeling good, man. Good weekend of shows. Um, 
the show is it's it's feeling better and i'm excited to do this last week and then i'll hopefully fingers crossed get some dates for sydney for next week get like a uh, my management are trying to get me on a showcase over there um last night I saw, oh, fuck, what shows have I seen? Big ups to, like, congratulations to everyone who got nominated for awards so far. The uh, Most Outstanding Show Awards nominations came out last night, and they're so good. Let's see if I can remember all more. Aaron Chen, Laura Davis, Reese Nicholson, uh, Cam James. Um, Fucking, I'm not going to remember, am I? Laura Davis, Reese Nicholson, Aaron Chen. Cam James, what do we got here? Oh, Daniel Walker, fuck, so good. Um, Greg Larson, and I think I'm missing one. God, how far back are these? Oh, Greg. Oh, and uh, and Geraldine Quinn. Yeah, great. Love it. Love it. Also, my namesake, Aiden Wilcox, nominated for the Golden Gibbo. Best independent act doing a weird thing. Love it. Um, I saw Laura Davis's show. It was so fucking good last week. Really, she's, uh, that's, she's kind of saying like what I'm trying to say, but I think she's, she's saying it in a much clearer way than me. It feels like she's been through a similar time to me in the last few years and kind of turns back to performing and comedy and you know like you know she's just like i'm fucking doing this forever i don't care and i really love that because that's exactly how i feel about it too um so seeing her show and just seeing how fired up she was about performing and she had a full room and you know a lot of fans longtime fans was what she was saying in there people that she recognized and stuff just loved it Last night though, um, last night maybe the highlight of my festival, saw uh, my friend Steph Broadbridge, Sydney comic, doing her first hour and I was just talking to her on uh, on Sunday night and she's just like having such a tough time at the festival. She Her venue, she's at 11.30 and I don't, to, to be honest, like I don't think it's really the venue's fault but I still like when she was telling me, I'm just, I'm so angry for her at what's happening because she doesn't, she's 1130 and she doesn't have weekends. She's only been given Monday through Thursday, no weekends and a venue. I don't really understand why they would do this, but they've not, they're not letting her give out free tickets to the show. They just won't let her give out free tickets. So, and the, t- and the ticket is 35 bucks, which is a price set by the venue. So it's kind of like pricing her out and it's a bad time and she doesn't have weekends and they won't let her comp. So she can't even just get people into the show and there's like people in the bar upstairs, you know, drinking who might be, you know, wanting to see another show but not wanting to pay 35 bucks for it and she can't just go, hey, come down to my show, don't worry, but they won't let her. I just, it's really upsetting. So, so she's been playing to really small crowds and she's put a lot of work into the show. Like Steph gigs so much. She works so hard and she's great. She's funny. And, um, 
yeah, man, she was just telling me about it for like half an hour on Sunday night. And I'm just like, it's like her first festival, you know? And she was not angry about it at all. I mean, she's just like, yeah, it sucks, but it's a learning experience, which is the right attitude. But I'm not her. And I just, I'm, you know, like it's your first festival. You work so hard and you're really taking a big risk. Like it's a scary thing to put in your first show and go, is anyone going to care? Is anyone going to notice? And to have fucking it feeling like no one cares, no one's noticing, is heartbreaking. And it just would really hurt. And she's been really brave in the face of that and strong and, you know, just like keeping on doing the show and trying to find the positives. And then she said the biggest reviewer in comedy is coming to her show on Monday night and she's got zero sales and no one else. And uh, I was like, well, fucking obviously I'm going to come to that. And a couple other friends and I posted it in some groups and whatever. And she told a bunch of people and evidently she's been telling people all weekend because when I got there at 11.30 on Monday night, I saw two shows before that, by the way. I should give them a shout out. I saw um, Beck Petritus and Kate Dennett's show, Swamped, at Trades Hall, which was so fucking funny. It's like a sketch show. It's kind of like a TV show almost. It felt like the pilot of a TV show. Um really good really well written characters and well acted and performed and it it really captured for me um like the uh what's the word like the feeling of being trapped and just like the futility of trying to get ahead in i mean any career really it was about uh, these two girls running a marketing business, um, but that just happened to be the business that they were running. It just felt like, you know, like you try and, oh man, there were some things that really got me, like when they were talking about not having a life outside of the business. I was just like, fucking maybe I don't, you know, like sometimes I feel like that. I got to work harder to give myself a life outside of comedy and to see these girls perform literally those characters on stage and see how unhappy they were. The music was amazing as well. I recommend that show for sure. That was sick. Kate Dennett and Beck Petritus in Swamped. And then I saw my fucking boy, Peter Jones, absolutely crush for 50 minutes in his show. Peter Jones cannot fail at Trades Hall. Recommend those. And um, yeah, I went and got dinner at uh, some Thai joint, sat there by myself for a bit. That was nice. And then wandered over to try uh, to sorry, wandered over to the venue for eleven thirty for Steph's show, and it was just it was packed full of people. The room was full, all comics and like friends and friends of friends and stuff. And the reviewer was there. I saw him. I was like, "Yeah, you fucking, <laughs> you better fucking enjoy this show, cunt." Uh, <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I had never seen Steph do longer than like a 10-minute set. And, uh, you know, obviously I've, I've enjoyed her sets and stuff, but I just, you never know how it's going to translate. And uh, so I was a little bit like, I was hoping that it was going to be great. I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I had no idea that it was going to be as good as it was. And I even maybe feel a little bit guilty saying that, you know, but like... I mean, I was just going to support my friend, whether it was good or not anyway. Like, I still would have laughed and, and that was kind of the vibe in the room. But she fucking delivered the goods, man. She absolutely delivered the goods. It was... The show's called... I won't... I'm, I'll try not to give away the show and just talk about the themes in a kind of detached way. But 
the show's called uh, Hot Girl Tired Mum, and it's about. I didn't really think that she was actually giving us a title that had to do with the show. I thought it was just, you know, that's the title of the show and she's got a bunch of material. But it's kind of about the dichotomy of like being a woman and caring about feminism and, you know, your rights as a woman and and the progressive movement socially. But then being annoyed at that same movement and the like the tension between who she was as a young girl and the innocence and idealism versus who she is as a late thirties woman. And, um, you know, like having fought for these rights, but then seeing the way that young people talk and being annoyed by it, but also knowing that that's important and whatever. And, um, the tension between (laughs) the idealism of youth and the pragmatism of, um, like being a bit older and it was so funny and the stories were so good and she kind of walked this line between like being funny and being honest about her experiences, not being self-pitying, but also not like being anti-woke or whatever the fuck that is either. Like it just, I, I can't say enough great things about this show. The song at the end was fucking beautiful. And like we stood up at the end, man. It was like I did. I like at the end, the last line was beautiful, and I'm clapping and I'm cheering. Like I haven't done that in a show. You know, I, I don't know. Remember the last time I literally I got we got to the end and I was like, yes, yes, man. And fucking me and my mate that I was there with and a few other people stood up and we were like, yes, yes, yes. You fucking did it, man. She fucking did it. And the energy in the room, like, I mean, the show was outstanding, but then it just also felt like this event, like we were rallying around our friend and a member of our community um, to hopefully give her the best chance possible at getting a great review and getting noticed for this show because that's the whole thing. Like when you come to the festival, especially for the first time, and you've got this thing and you don't know how you stack up against the other people and the people that you've seen or the people around you. Like you just go in and you go, I hope someone notices this. And the way that she was talking about it, it was just like, no one is fucking noticing. No one is, no one gives a fuck about this. And if she can get one decent review from this guy, you know, just from like someone who people respect, it will genuinely, it can change a lot of stuff. You can send that to other people in the industry and they fucking take notice. And maybe you actually get a shot next year at getting a deal. Like the reason she's in this venue isn't because she wanted to be there. It's because no other venue accepted her. So like maybe next year she can get into a venue that will accept her and, and, um, you know, have a shot at selling some tickets, get a decent time slot that's not fucked and, and um, yeah, I really, I really hope that that can happen for her because it can happen. You can do it. Like I've seen, you know, for me and for like so many other people, you don't need to be pushed by the industry or by, you know, an agent or whatever. You can do it yourself but you need to see some sort of proof. Like for me, it was Edinburgh in 2017 going there and seeing that my show, people liked it and then they would tell people and there was a momentum to it that that actually can happen. Um, But you got to see it firsthand. And uh, if you don't, I could totally understand how you might lose hope 
and fucking stop doing it. And after seeing what she did last night, Steph Broadbridge should not fucking lose hope and stop doing it because it was so good. So, yeah. <sighs> I felt so happy after the show. I felt like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what I needed. Um, but I think seeing that was, it just was the best experience I've had this festival and it made me really happy and it reminded me what's great about doing festivals, you know, and just being in a community. It made me feel, it made me not even performing feel like I was a part of this community and it was really special. So thank you, Steph Broadbridge. If you're in Melbourne and you want to see a show this week, go and see Steph Broadbridge, Hot Girl, Tired Mum and... Uh, Go and see a bunch more shows. There's only a week left. If you haven't seen me yet, come and see me, mate. I fucking, I would love it. Thank you very much for listening this week. I hope you guys are good. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>